Welcome to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning. It's nice to be here with you this morning. It's really exciting time for me because this will be the first program of several that will follow. Uh, I want to talk about the purpose of the rivers of living water. There's so much false stuff going on today. We want to have a time of bringing forth the truth. And the rivers of living water is for that, is to bring forth the truth to a thirsty world that needs to hear it. There are many things that are happening today that only the truth can set us free. The Bible tells us this in a number of places and gives us the freedom that we really need to bring us up to a higher level in our lives and in our communities and our homes and and the whole gamut of things and it's just uh, going to be an exciting time for us. I thank you today for joining us in this uh, program. Uh, where, as you know, there is a real need for this kind of a thing uh, of knowing the truth and being free. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life, and that no one will come uh, to the Father except through him. And so we're going to be talking a lot about Jesus, about our relationship with him, and of uh, being able to uh, know him in a personal way and to be able to uh, learn how to live with him and live with our neighbors and to uh, walk in a new way of life that uh, many people don't know today because it's been hidden from them, but we're going to reveal that to you. You know, rivers of living water is really uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said that, you sh- that we would have rivers of living water flowing out from us, and so it's the, it's the Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit, and we'll be talking about him as well. We'll be talking about God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And this will be a refreshing time for us. And we'll also have some call-ins from time to time. And I'm not sure just if we're going to have some this time or not, but we'll, we'll work on that. There will be a lot of different ways that we'll be presenting the truth and and we'll bring it to you in, in small uh, parts so that you'll be able to uh, digest it. But really, it's rather simple. It's not something complicated. Uh, we have a tendency to complicate things, but God has a way of uncomplicating them. And he told us that even a fool didn't have to err in the way of Christ that it's, it's so simple that even a child can understand it. And so it's, it's uh, something that we're looking to that's going to be a, a blessing to you. It's going to be a blessing to me to be able to 
give you this information. It's a real opportunity, a real privilege for me to be able to give you this kind of information. And uh, I've been a pastor for several years and uh, now supposedly retired, but <laughs> pastors don't retire, they just refire. And so I do have a pastor's heart. I uh, We're not going to talk about all the negative stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the true thing. If you know the truth, if you know, you know, the the real thing, then you're not going to have to be worrying about the counterfeit because you'll be able to see what the counterfeit is. So we're not going to wave the counterfeit in front of you all the time. We're going to show you what the truth is. When people uh, look to find out what the counterfeit is in money, they study the real thing real well. And then when they see the counterfeit, it's easy to identify it. It's the same way in the spiritual life. We have so much counterfeit. And the best way to tell the counterfeit is to see the real thing, isn't it? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to be showing the real thing. We're going to be showing what uh, is in the Bible. The Bible is our source book. The Bible is the final authority. And uh, we'll talk about that as well, and we'll give you a lot of Bible verses. We'll explain the Bible verses to you easily so you can understand them. And so this is indeed going to be a great help, and it's wonderful to be able to go out all over the world with this. And so we're just uh, looking forward to bringing the Word of God to you, which is the Bible. And, you know, it's kind of our operation manual. When you have a, a car or some other thing, you you have to have an operation manual for it. Well, the Word of God, the Bible, is our operation manual. And, I, you know, you start to putting something together, and you try it every way you can, and then it says, when you're in doubt, look at the directions. The Bible is our directions. And so many of uh, maybe throwing the Bible off the side. They didn't understand it. They didn't know what it was talking about. It is kind of under, hard to understand in some ways, but in other ways, very easy. And in our uh, call-in times, you'll be able to ask questions, and I'll do my best to answer them for you. And if I can't find the answer, uh, don't have the answer, I'll look around until I find the answer for you. I will also have a a uh, number of books for you, um, kind of a yeah, source material. Next week we'll start advertising the books, but uh, I'll, I'll just go through them real quick with you. I think I do have time to do that. So the, back in 2003, uh, an incident came, and as a result of it, I wrote a book called the Honest Truth, and um, the title, the subtitle was An Interactive Handbook of Bible and Science for the Non-Professional. Well, I hadn't been married too long, and, and my wife is very good with uh, grammar. Sometimes I kind of mess it up, but she's very good with it. And so she was looking through, and she said, uh, 
are you sure this is for a non-professional? And as time went on, I found out that a lot of people that knew quite a bit, they weren't stupid in any sense of the word. Uh, they had to read it two or three times to figure it out. So then I thought, well, I've got to get this better than than this. So I, in 2004, I uh, wrote a book, uh, The Honest Truth Again, and this time I said a rational approach to understanding the Holy Bible and true science. Uh, I made it in such a way that it was like me talking to the person and uh, relating to the person, just kind of taking them by the hand and leading them through. Well, that didn't seem to work either. So then I went to uh, a bigger book, and uh, I called that Deceitful Masters. And from now on in, these are through uh, subsidiaries of Amazon. So this is where these books are at, is at Amazon. And so Deceitful Masters I had as a subtitle for that, the truth about the scientific nature of God's creation, the ruling elite does not want you to know. This is a rather extensive book. It's 448 pages long. Uh, it covers everything about science and the Bible that you could imagine. I wouldn't have time to tell you what those are now. Uh, but um, I'll tell you about this. And on the other side, we don't have much time now. So on the other side of the break here, we're just about ready for a break. We'll get back to this. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Welcome back. We were talking about uh, some resources that we had available for you. And so uh, the next part is what I call uh, God's Treasure Chest of Biblical Truth. Fourteen Facets of Jesus' Truth Church. This is preparing humanity for God's eternal kingdom. In this book, you'll find uh, things about our relationship with Jesus and showing you how to get into that relationship. The second book that I have in God's treasure chest, A Biblical Truth, is uh, The Church of Satan's Slaves Built. And this is the subtitle is the enemies of Jesus' true church exposed. Now, this was in 2011. And then in, uh, also in 2011, I had God's Operation Manual for Spiritual Warfare, Strategies and Principles Used for Victorious Christian Living. This uh, is to help you in your spiritual warfare as we know, we are in a spiritual warfare. And so these are strategies and principles that you'll be able to use. Then in our the fourth book in our God's Operation Manual for, is uh, God's Prescription for a Healthy Society. Back to the Garden of Eden for physical and spiritual renewal. So this is the last book that I wrote, and and that one is also that was was last year. 
I have a new one coming up, breaking the chains of demonic, of demonic uh, deception, exchanging doctrines of devils for God's eternal truth. That will come up soon. It's not on the market yet. But these will be resources that you'll be able to use along with the rivers of living water that will enable you to uh, not only hear it and and see me sit here and talk about it, but you'll also be able to get the books uh, and look at them until you can get them, understand them. <clears throat> it's, um, you know, in order to uh, really get into this, uh, the rivers of living water, getting the rivers of living water into our lives and letting them flow out from us, then uh, we're going to be able to have to be willing to make some changes. There's changes that need to be made in our lives that is going to make it better. There's uh, one person said, if uh, you do the same old thing the same old way, and expect different results, then uh, there's something wrong there. Because if I uh, hold my hand on a hot stove or something, or, you know, someplace hot, and I expect it to get warm, or and then get cold, or get back to normal, it will never happen. So we're going to have to uh, be willing to make some changes that will uh, help us to get on the, a different track because the Bible tells us that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus when when we uh, accept the Lord as our Savior and let him come into our lives, then there are things that will change. And a lot of times people don't want to make these change because they think that what they've got is so good and they don't want to give them up. But God will never ask you to give up something that's going to do you good. He's going to only ask you to give up what will uh, damage or destroy your life. The more we're willing to uh, just open up our lives and and give everything to God and and be willing to for Him to change us and for us to make the changes, then that is uh, going to be good for us. So uh, we're we're going to. Uh, be talking about some changes, and those changes uh, will not be hard for you to do because God will help you to do them. It isn't that you have to uh, make all these changes because if you did, you'd never be able to do it, and we'll talk some about that as well uh, as time goes on. We have, uh, we have to uh, repent. Now, repent means a change of heart, a change of life. Uh, that you know, when Jesus came, he said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." When John ba- John the Baptist said, "Repent, the, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So we're talking about um, a spiritual thing that will bring us into the kingdom of heaven. So we want to think about that as well, of repenting. Uh, Some people will say, well, what what do I have to repent of? And we'll talk about that as well. 
And then uh, being willing to make that that change uh, that will bring will bring repentance. When we when we repent, when we really are willing to turn away from a life that is damaging us and into a life that's going to bring uh, re- contentment. It's going to bring uh, things that you had never imagined before in into your life. And so this is going to be um, good for us, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, I This is... Uh, New for me, so I hope you just stay stay with me and and help me. Um, and if any of you know how to pray, pray for me. <laughs> this is uh, this is all new, and and we're we're going to make it through it just fine. Uh, repenting is is a change of mind. Now in the Old Testament, I found out that repenting can also be uh, comfort, and so the same Hebrew word that talks about repenting also talks about comfort. Now, uh, it's a change of of a place, and so what what are we talking about when we're talking about comfort being repenting? Well, that means that you change your discouragement, you change your the burden that you have into joy and peace, love, all the fruit of the Spirit we'll be talking about. So uh, when you have that, in your, you'll see that things will uh, be better for you. But And that will bring comfort. That You know, when you really repent and you really accept Jesus as your Savior, as I'm talking about, then there becomes a release and it brings a comfort. People need comfort today. They need to be delivered from guilt. So many people have guilt of things that they've done in the past. But the wonderful thing about it is when you really know Jesus in all of his fullness and his love, then that guilt is gone. You have a new life in Christ that that is entirely different than the the life that you uh, might have now. Now you who know are that uh, the people that I'm talking to that are experiencing this, you know what I'm talking about. But there are many people who maybe have never heard about this before, and this is going to be something that we're going to be giving to you that will enable you to. We'll show you the gate. In other words, there is a a narrow gate. There is a broad gate. Uh, we come in in the broad gate, but then we we have the narrow gate that we'll be uh, having uh, come in, and we just uh, can. Uh, so uh, this is all uh, things that we'll do. Now I talked to you about the fruit of the spirit, so maybe I can talk to you a little bit about the fruit of the spirit. What is the fruit of the spirit? Uh, you know, fruit is something that's produced. Uh, it's alive. And so uh, the fruit of the Spirit is 
our life. It's the life that we have in Christ. It's the life that the Holy Spirit gives us. And so out from the Holy Spirit being in us, we have this fruit of the Spirit that goes out from us. And it's actually love. Now, when we think about love today, we think about a lot of things, don't we? We think about uh, uh, loving this or loving that. You know, I just love this candy or I just love this person or I just love this and just love that. And love's been used so much that uh, we're not just sure what love really is. A lot of people don't really realize what it is. Uh, sometimes we ought to say, I like it rather than I love it. But, you know, we we use the expression, I love this, I love that. Uh, but in the Bible, there's two ideas of love. There's the friendship love, uh, which is philio in the Greek. And then you have uh, a love that's self-sacrificing, which is the love that's talked about here, and that's agape. Uh, agape love is a self-sacrificing love. Now, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's love. And that love comes out in different ways. Uh, the love can be manifest or it can be shown through joy. Christians are not people that run around with with a a chip on their shoulder just ready to to fight anything that comes around. Uh, they're not morbid and sad. They're happy people. They're joyful people. They they have, the, and the Bible, you know, talks about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we have the joy. That is love being manifest in a, you know, it's showing a, a joyful way that we're living. Then we also have peace. And Jesus said, I give you a peace that the world can't give to you. There, there's a peace. Of, uh, you have the peace of God. You have peace with God. You have peace with your neighbors. You have peace with yourself. So this peace is a very extensive kind of peace. It isn't based on the kind of life that we have to to face every day. You know, we all have trouble and trials and problems and things like that. But this is a peace that Jesus gives us that the world can't even think about giving us. And so we have this peace, this peace of, of God. Uh, we make peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, which we'll explain that more later on and then we have the peace of God and uh, the Bible teaches us you know if, if God is for us who can be against us and so we have that peace of knowing that everything's all right and a little song everything's all right in my father's house and so we have this peace it's a deep settled peace that regardless of what happens to us, the peace remains. So we have joy, we have peace, we have long-suffering. Are we, we're not uh, easily provoked, you see. We're, we're, uh, 
we have a peace that that uh, God gives us, and so then we have the long suffering. We're uh, kind to people. We're we're not uh, uh, what should I say? We're not kind of people that would uh, jump on people for a little nothing and what have you. We we're long suffering. We we suffer long, and God is that way too. He is long suffering. Then there's the gentleness. We're we're gentle. We're gentle uh, toward people who are not so gentle toward us, as well as being just our natures are that way. You see, and we also um, we have uh, that that gentleness that God gives us, and. Uh, We're ready for a break again, so we'll take a break and we'll get back to you later. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We were talking about long suffering as one of the fruit, of, part of the fruit of the spirit, and uh, you see so much today of, of people just kind of wanting to fight about this and the other and everything else. Well, we definitely need that long suffering, don't we? We need we need to realize that we all have problems and we're all in different stages of life and everyone doesn't know what we know and things like this and and so we we need that long suffering that will look at people and realize we're not perfect and we do make mistakes and problems do come our way that kind of uh, upset us sometimes and things like that and you know I heard one time about a an instance it talked about the person that had this problem going on and and uh, the office didn't work too well there, and and everything uh, seemed to be falling apart. And, and so he walks out on the porch, and and uh, some of you may not know what a porch is, but that's you know outside of your house, and and you got a little place there. But anyway, he walked out there, and and here's the cat. And so what did he do? He kicked the cat. And did the cat was the cat doing anything? No, of course it wasn't doing anything. But he had to get his frustration out some way, so he kicks the cat. Well, kicking the cat is one thing, but what if you, if you kick your neighbor? What if you kick your best friend? What if, you know, there's a lot of things we can be kicking around because we're frustrated on the inside. And so, when you really know the Lord and all of His fullness and love, uh, yes, there's frustrating things that are coming. Sometimes you notice I'm getting kind of frustrated with this first program. But that's not going to uh, stop us. And so long-suffering will enable us to get through a lot of things in life. It'll help us to uh, to realize in our lives that, that yes, the problems do come. And, and no doubt you have problems you're wondering how to work out right now, some of you, and maybe all of us. We all do, don't we? But uh, being able to give those problems to the Lord, and uh, casting our cares upon the Lord, as the Bible tells us, and knowing that He cares for us, 
uh, goes a long ways toward helping us to have long suffering for others. But then, you know, there, there's the meekness. Uh, a lot of people misunderstand what meekness really is. They think meekness is weakness. They think that you're kind of a uh, person that you can be run over pretty easily and things like this. But Jesus said, come unto me all you that are labor, all that you, that labor and have, and come to me for rest. He said, I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. And so Jesus was, was considered to be meek. And he had the Spirit of the Lord in his life, and he was meek. But uh, when he went to the temple one day and he saw that, that it was being desecrated, uh, he took a, a whip and chased the money changers out. Now, was that meek? Well, he's the, he said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. Was Jesus lying? I don't think so. He's, he's the way, the truth, and the life, so he wasn't lying. But meekness is not weakness. As a matter of fact, meekness can give you a lot of strength in a lot of ways. You can be uh, strong through meekness. And the world is looking for people who have real meekness. Meekness is not running away from problems. It's not, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, wanting to get away from things. Meekness will help you to realize that maybe I can't do this by myself, but I have help. I have help from the Lord. I have help from my friends. There's a lot of places that, you know, and, and so meekness can help us to be really uh, strong. And this is one of the fruit of the Spirit. This is part of that love that I'm talking to you about is being meek. Now, another thing I want to talk to you about that's a fruit of the Spirit is um, self-control. It seems like that things are kind of out of control today, doesn't it? It seems like there's not much self-control. And so we indulge in things that we really shouldn't be indulging in because we feel like doing it. If I feel like doing it, I'll just go and do it, uh, a lot of people think. And then they wake up maybe with a headache the next morning or, or you know, or they have repercussions from it and and they, they think in their better moments, why did I do a crazy thing like that? Why would I do that? And so uh, no self-control. So, you know, that's uh, one thing that shows a, a lack of the Spirit of the Lord in our lives when we have no self-control at all. And so we just do what feels natural, what feels normal. And if, if, you know, the expression, if it feels good, do it. Well, it may feel good for a while, but it may not feel good later on. And so uh, doing things God's way will enable us to have that self-control. And the, the Bible shows us how to have the Spirit of the Lord in our lives, and we'll talk to you about that more as well and uh, what all that includes. But having self-control, being able to uh, have all of the fruit of the Spirit that will enable us to, every situation we come into life, we'll be able to 
get through it by having the control. Now, when I'm talking about self-control, I'm not talking about controlling yourself. Now, that might seem strange to you when I talk uh, about self-control. And, and I, you know, you've heard about self-made man, uh, and I've heard this, you know, I'm just a self-made man. Well, uh, self-made people, unless you get rid of the problem that I'll be talking to you later about, the sin problem, a lot of people don't like to talk about sin, but it's there. Uh, we just have a, a tendency, just like uh, a duck running to water, to run into things that really uh, we wish we hadn't done later on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sure that you do. But uh, a self-controlled is uh, one that is is controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this is the fruit of the Spirit, you see. It's being able to turn things over to the Lord and uh, let him kind of lead you. And that is a part of self-control. And this is the self-control that I'm talking about. It's not a self-control where you control yourself, but it's a self-control that's being able to turn things over to God rather than trying to do it ourselves in our own way. The Bible tells us not to lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him and let him, that is Jesus, let God uh, direct our steps. And so the self-control part is not that I'm uh, making up my mind what I'm going to do and I turn around and do it, but it's being able to turn everything over to the Lord. And that is controlling ourselves in that way. So this is different than what you would normally think about when you would think about self-control. And we need self-control today. There, Things are running wild because we've made some bad decisions, haven't we? But with the Holy Spirit in our lives and the rivers of living water that I'm talking about, then you will be able to have that control that will be able to turn it over to the Lord and let him lead you in the way that that is the best way. And by the way, God's way is always the best way. It may not seem that way sometimes, but it's always the best. God knows all about us, and he's always going to lead us in the right way. There's a lot of things out there that would take us into the wrong path, but God wants uh, us to have the joy and the peace and everything I'm talking to you about. And so to have that kind of a life, we have to have the Spirit of the Lord in us. And then there's the idea of faith. Now, faith will bring faithfulness. And uh, so we have faith. Faith is uh, has been used as an acrostic sometime, forsaking all, I take him. That's how we've used the idea of faith. So we forsake all, and I take him, which is the Lord Jesus again. So faith is leads to faithfulness, and uh, faithfulness to the Lord, faithfulness to people around us, to our families and friends and even our enemies, you know, 
and we'll talk about that too as we go along. But faith is uh, something that we need. Jesus said in one place, will I find faith when I come back? And by the way, Jesus is coming back, and it could be any time now. But uh, we we do have uh, faith that will help us to realize that that uh, God is in in control, and so we don't worry. The uh, you know doubt is the other thing. It's kind of like Peter. If you know the Bible, and he, one day Jesus was walking on the water. Uh, he can do that because he's God, you know. We don't, we better not try that. It wouldn't work. But he was walking on the water and, and the waves are kind of, uh, there's having a storm there. And Peter said, well, if that's you, Lord, let me walk on the water. So he starts walking on the water. And sure enough, he was able to do it as long as he had faith. But he got to looking at the waves, and and he sunk. And uh, Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. But you know, it doesn't take much faith. The Bible talks about having the faith of a grain of mustard seed. And that's all it takes. And we can move mountains that way. Uh, we don't want to go out and, and move Mount Edwards or something like that. But there are mountains in our lives that uh, maybe we want removed. And so uh, God has uh, for us that we would remove mountains. Well, it's time for a break, so let's go to the break. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Well, we're back. We're in our last segment of our first program, and I'm enjoying it and uh, kind of stumbling through it sometimes, but it'll get better as we go along, won't it? I'm sure that it will. And uh, so we were talking about faith, and we're talking about being faithful. And, you know, we really need we need faithfulness today. It, so many are breaking covenants we're making promises and we're breaking those promises and things like that. And faithfulness will enable us to uh, be honest and uh, to uh, stand for people. And when we make a promise, we don't break a promise. I think about that in marriages. You know, there's over 50% of marriages that end up in divorce today. And uh, this has been going on for a while. Some people don't even take the, uh, you know, they don't even get married. They just live together. We'll talk about some of these things in, in a way that you can understand it and not romp on you too much and things like this. Uh, this is not our intention to romp on you in any way, but, but to give you the truth, give you the fruit of the Spirit, to show you what Jesus is really like. We've had... So many times, you know, we don't, we're not faithful to the Lord because, uh, we don't know what God really is like. But, uh, we need to know what He's like, what He's really like. And, but being faithful, being faithful to God, 
being faithful to our families, being faithful to our nation, uh, being faithful to our neighbors, you know, uh, having that faithfulness, having that willingness to extend ourselves out a little. We're so much, we, you know, I've been in this little town for some time now, and I don't even know some of my neighbors yet. I should. It's as much my fault as any. But, you know, we're kind of to ourselves. And maybe we're afraid to get out. We don't, we don't know what we're going to find out out there. But when we really have the Lord in our hearts and we really have the Spirit of the Lord there, we're, we're not worrying about ourselves. Jesus went to the cross for us, didn't he? That wasn't an easy thing. And so, uh, part of the idea of being faithful is being willing to, uh, be willing to stomp, be stomped on sometimes and things like that. But, uh, having that faithfulness that comes through faith. If we, we have to have faith in our families. We have to have faith in other people. Uh, mostly we need to have faith in God. We know God's never going to fail us. Uh, people may, we may fail ourselves. But, through all of that, we know that that it's going to work out because the Lord said that all things work together for good to those that love Him, and uh, having that love in our lives, uh, being having the faithfulness, uh, being faithful is a good thing. Um, you know, being honest when we say something, we just do it, whether it's uh, to our advantage or not. And we're willing to put ourselves out for the other person. There are different professions that do that. You know, they they're willing to uh, listen to the all the problems, and after a while, they're not careful. Um, I've got a counseling degree and in a master's degree in in counseling, in Christian clinical clinical counseling, and and. Uh, so I've counseled, I've, I've preached, I've done all these things, and, and things don't always work out in, in those things, but we're faithful anyway. We don't say, well, if the person's that way, we'll just leave them along, because sometimes the people who need us the most are the ones that are the most cantankerous, or at least seem to be the most cantankerous, because they've got problems in their lives. And we just need to be faithful to those people, and, and just, uh, you know, the Lord said that we're even supposed to love our enemies. And that's that agape love that I was telling you about. So uh, having that love in our hearts and in our lives will enable us to be faithful, not only to God and to his word and his ways, but will also help us to be faithful to those around us, even the people that are uh, maybe not of our kind. You know, well, he doesn't live on the same side of the track that I live on. And so we'll leave him along and I'll, I'll do my own. Well, that isn't the way that it works at all. We're, we're faithful and that faith will lead us into faithfulness. It will make us the faithful people that, that, uh, God has meant for us to be. Um, maybe just in the last uh, few moments here as we're closing this part of the program for, for the first time, um, Maybe I can just give you a, a short thing of just how do you really have the 
waters of living water? How do you have the rivers of living water in your heart and in your life? How do you really get this? And I, uh, in these programs, I want to just kind of give this to you, not just tell you all these good things, but tell you how to do it. And, and really, it's pretty simple. Like I told you before, even a fool doesn't have to err therein. So what do I need to do in order to have the rivers of living water in my life? And I might say that I've had this for 57 years, and so I know what I'm talking about, and I know a lot about uh, from experience. You know, it's one thing to look at a book, and the Bible is is the book that we look at, but to be able to see this worked out in our own lives. And so I want to show you just exactly, tell you in an abbreviated form, uh, just exactly how you need to do in order to have the rivers of living water flowing through your life, having the love of God uh, coming through your life. The Bible tells us that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And God's love is that agape love that I was telling you about. So how do we do this? Uh, first of all, we have to acknowledge that we need help. We have to acknowledge that without God, we can't do this. And, you know, we've tried this way and that way. Uh, the difference between Christianity and, and the other religions is that uh, in other religions, we're reaching up for God. We're trying to get to Him. And in Christianity, God reached down to us. And uh, so He has reached down to us, but we have to accept what He gives us, and we have to admit that we're powerless to do things on our own. You know, that's the S-E-A-A. I'm powerless not to, can't do it myself. Well, it doesn't take us long to figure that out. But that's our first thing, is to admit that we need God, and then admit that He is the only one that can help us is another thing. And so we admit that, we've done that, we, we're willing to turn away from our old life and let God give us a new life, and we call that repentance. That's what I was telling to you about before. It's, it's turning away from our old life, being willing to let God change us, because when we become uh, one of God's people, we are made a new creature in Christ Jesus. So then we, we admit that only Jesus can save us, that we can only be saved through the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And, uh, you know, Peter said, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And so we have... We have this, you see. Uh, so we we ad- admit that Jesus is the only one that can save us. Then we turn our lives over to God through the Lord Jesus. We realize we can't do it ourselves. We realize that we're helpless to do it ourselves. So then we're willing to turn our life over to Jesus. When we turn our life over to the Lord, we believe God will do what he says he'll do. And so we have faith. So we have repentance, turning away from our old life, faith, accepting God's new life. And then when we do that, when we really do that, when we really pray a prayer of saying, Lord, I know I can't take care of my own life, 
I've tried that long enough. I'm turning it over to you. I'm asking you to come into my life. I realize that Jesus is the only way, and I'm here uh, before you and asking you to come into my life. When we do that, then he does come into our life, and he will change us. He does change us. He did that for me 57 years ago, and uh, it gets, I want you to know also, it gets gets better as it goes along. Uh, We learn as we go. We The Bible talks about growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Now, when we really get what we call born again, we get saved, we get uh, made new creatures in Christ, these different, these all mean mean the same, converted, you know, they all mean the same thing. When we do that, then we have life in Christ, and the Spirit of the Lord does come into our life changes and make us new creatures in Christ. So that's what I want to get to you today, is that, uh, yes, there is a way of having this. It's not just something we talk about. It's something that we really have. I want to want to thank you for the privilege of being uh, with you today and uh, trust that tomorrow we'll, we will uh, we'll have what God, uh, we'll have this more for you. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day in the Lord Jesus. We're signing off.